Today on Ultra 64, Duke, 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 Duke of Nukem, Nukem, <laughs> Nukem, Duke of Nukem, Nukem, Nukem. How long did it take you to figure that one out? A uh, couple days. Welcome everyone to Ultra 64. We are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each week we are playing a different randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog. And we're playing it and then we're talking about it. And this week we talk about Duke Nukem 64 and Duke Nukem Zero Hour. My name is Steve Guntling. I'm devoid of funny <laughs> intro Woody Siskowski. <laughs> Woody's very tired today. Yeah, so we're, I and, and I made him play like the most brain-melting idiot. I was, I was, game I was ever. confident that Duke Nukem would revitalize me. Uh, it did not, not so much. No, it has the opposite effect. Uh, we are joined by one of our very favorite people back again. Welcome, Lindsay Pennington. Hello. Hi. Hi. We uh, yeah, you weren't even totally certain you were going to be on this <laughs> podcast today when you came over. So thank you for yeah. being flexible. Well, you were like, hey, do you want to come over and play games? We're doing a podcast, and then you came into the room. and was like, am I coming too? <laughs> You came, play, you came to play. You came to play Resident. I mean, Resident Evil. Yeah, I mean, and we stuck you with old Duke Nukem games. I mean, would you uh, want to have gone through these? Like, if you weren't gonna like do something productive with it afterwards, like, would you want to have come on? I don't know. Would you? you usually, you we don't get want to sit and play these games for no reason. Yes, never. Because they have some history or enthusiasm <laughs> for the game, and Lin- we're just like, ah, let's just get Lindsay over here. Sometimes Lindsay's person. just here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, more often than not. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, we are talking about Duke Nukem today, and Duke Nukem is a thing that I hate. Um, so, uh, I'm trying to be not biased about it. But and just I think th- for different reasons than I hate it. Yeah, yeah, I think different reasons. I think, for me, I think Duke Nukem kind of started as this parody of, like, these really violent, like, lunkheads in, in action movies and video games at the time. And then he kind of just wound up being very unironically, like, the worst of them yeah. to me. I think it's it's... It is parody, okay? It is parody, and I understand it's trying to be a joke, but I think it's parody in the vein of, like, Seltzer and Friedberg movies, like the, the Meet the Spartans and whatnot, where it's just, like, you point at something or you reference something without any context, and that has to count as a joke. Well, it's the idea that by going so over the top on something, you're sort of making fun of it, but in reality, you're still falling prey to the same shitty tropes and stuff right like, he's, he's very much just like all the worst elements of toxic masculinity boiled down to its core there's no character here he's just a series of cliches and yeah exactly it's just a mass of stolen catchphrases yeah and yeah. they i mean they lean into that they're like look at all these catchphrases we take but that doesn't really make it funny it's, it's like it's almost gleefully derivative this game like it's it's derivative in every even the cover art is a ripoff of the cover art of doom like, he's standing on a mountain of bad guys with guns firing in two directions. It's the same, like, red tint behind it. Like, everything about it is derivative. I feel like there's a world where Duke is really funny if you if you make him just, like, a hero in his own mind. And, like, everybody else thinks he's, like, this washed-up loser mm. and he's just really a violent sociopath. Well, but everybody I mean, in the world buys into his own image. Like, But do they? Because, I mean, we didn't really... There were no other interactions. No, and a lot of this I'm referencing is like other games okay. and, and like in this and stuff one, like that. He's but... literally talking to himself, even mm. in the past. 
talking to himself. I mean, I guess in Zero Hour, he's being called in by the government because he's the best there is. And they need to have him come save well, the Well, everybody day else like is that. dead. Yeah. Oh, is that it? <laughs> Everyone else is just dead. <laughs> or turned into Bebop. Yeah. From Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. Yeah. yeah the um, <laughs> the This game doesn't lean that hard. Like, it's pretty scrub clean of a lot of the Duke Nukem personality. Um, and generally, I think that the standard has always been, and the standard, especially at this time, is always a lot lower for video games having personality. Yeah. Like, it doesn't really, like, I mean, this is the time of, like, Gex, right? When all you need for your character to have a personality is, like, to have some goofy catchphrases, and, like, that sort of sets it apart. Right. Um, And, I mean, Duke is probably of that. I would say, like, Duke Nukem is about the same quality as Gex. He is the epitome of that era. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, he's he's very. This game is very much. This whole series really is very much a relic of the '90s. When like, I don't know. I feel like there's this rebellion against this perceived like PC culture, and so people oh, yeah, are just the, trying to be as edgy and like as shitty as possible. I'm pretty sure that's still going on. It's still Steve. going on, but people. It's like it's more of a different reaction now. It's like political correctness is kind of. It was kind of like a uh, obnoxious catchphrase back in the '90s of just like, "Oh, what? I have to call people Native Americans now? What?" I don't know. They still do that. I guess. Yeah. I guess it hasn't changed. <laughs> like, too I think the lesson is things have not changed. <laughs> oh damn it! Oh no. We, we like to think of Duke Nukem as a relic of the past, but um, no, I he's just if, as relevant as ever. I damn think it. if they updated the graphics and like maybe gave him some more updated catchphrases. It would still hit the same audience. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 just always rubbed me the wrong way. Even when I was like a little edge lordy thirteen year old, like I, <laughs> I just it always just seemed unpleasant to me. Um, but let's get into this. Let's get into this character a little bit. Duke Nukem was created in 1987 by uh, Todd Riplogel, and I apologize if I'm butchering <laughs> that name, Todd, um, who was a programmer working with Apogee Software, uh, which has since changed its name to 3D Realms. So uh, Apogee, you'll remember from our Doom 64 episode, that's where the id software guys got their start, and they kind of pioneered that online uh, distribution model for video games. So Duke was intended to be the main character of a PC game called Metal Future, but uh, Scott Miller, the president of Apogee, he liked the name Duke Nukem so much that he wanted to change the title and redesign the game around that character. the title that you're competing with is Metal Future. Yeah, who's going to remember Metal Future? I'm already confusing it with, like, ten other games. I mean, Future of Metal makes more sense. Or, like... Are we talking like metal the music? Because I would play a game where you're like a, a, a metal band in the future. <laughs> I would play the hell out of that. Like Metalocalypse. Like Metalocalypse. Oh, man. How cool. If they had their own video game, man, I would play the I shit play out of that. that. Somebody should have made like um, some kind of platformer action game using the Guitar Hero controllers. That would have been like really <laughs> great. Um, where... Oh, fuck. I feel like there's something like that. Maybe I'm just thinking. Maybe I'm just thinking of like speed runs I've seen of people playing other oh, games yeah. with the controller. But I felt like there was something like that. Something that was sort of. I guess Donkey Kong Jungle Beat is kind of like that. I yeah, suppose. but sort of with something where it was themed. Like, yeah, you're like some sort of heavy metal band in the future, like flying through space and like destroying people with the power of your rock. <laughs> oh man, like, I, I do want to play that now. Just like wicked combos on there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, I kind of want to play that. It would have been based on the. Uh, Limousine Saturday morning cartoon show that there was a strong bad episode about. Oh the yeah, band Limousine is in space. Oh my god, that's such a deep cut. I want to go back and rewatch Homestar Runner. Anyway, oh my god, we're so off topic. That's okay. Uh, so yeah, Duke Nukem the the first game was actually finally released in 1991, uh, but the character hadn't really taken the form he was in now. The first game was a 2D side scrolling action platformer, kind of like Contra. 
Uh, but like more vertical, I guess. Uh, it's not so much side scrolling; it's more like climbing platforms and stuff like hmm. that. Uh, and uh, it takes place in the far-flung future year of 1997, Aww. where uh, angry loner Duke Nukem must destroy hordes of robots to stop the evil Dr. Proton from taking over the world. Hmm. You know, the game was uh, it was a modest success, uh, but the developers ran into a legal snag uh, when they learned that Duke Nukem shares a name with a villain from the then-popular cartoon Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Uh, the developers of the game briefly had to change the spelling to Duke N-U-K-U-M, so Nukem with a U. Uh, so there are a couple of versions of Duke Nukem out there spelled like that, um, just so they could avoid any kind of copyright infringement. But then they had their lawyers look into it, and it turns out the Captain Planet people never secured a trademark for that <laughs> character. So Apogee went in, bought the character, and changed the name back. So to, didn't um, it you was have so to nice ro- of them to change it before they researched it, though. You know? I know, yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, I mean, I'm sure it cost them hundreds of dollars. <laughs> hundreds, yeah. So then did they have to kill off the villain in Captain Planet now that Apogee owned the trademark? I don't even know. Like, I, don't, I, I know nothing about Captain Planet. I know nothing about Captain the Planet name. either. I, I that'd be much easier for them, a lot cheaper. I only just learned from looking at the Captain Planet page, Wikipedia page for this episode is that they, like they had celeb, like big celebrities voicing a lot of their like Captain villains Planet and rocked. stuff like that. Like uh, was the, Jeff Goldblum was a, a villain, and like Susan Sarandon was a villain. Was the and, like, premise of uh, Duke Nukem on Captain Planet that he was like trying to like nuke the planet and? He was more like a, a nuclear power guy, like based enemy, like so lots of toxic waste and stuff like that. Got it. And yeah, I like to imagine that um, when he was defeated, he got he reverted back to his original form, which was Duke Pete Seeger. <laughs> Duke Pete Seeger. Oh my god. Uh, so a couple years after this, Duke Nukem 2 Escape from Alien Abductors was released in uh, 1993. It was largely identical to the first game. Great title, though. Yeah, yeah, Escape from Alien Abductors, exclamation point. <laughs> and uh, while it, it sold pretty well, but the developers knew they had to do something different with the next game to keep it fresh and relevant. And uh, that next game was Duke Nukem 3D. Uh, and since Duke Nukem 64 is just a straight port of that, let's talk about it. Yeah. So Duke Nukem 64 released October 31st, 1997, developed by 3D realms published by gt interactive also appears on everything so we talked about doom being maybe the most ported game of all time duke nukem 3d really gives it a run for its money it's on ms dos android GameCom, ios linux mac windows n64 playstation playstation 3 playstation vita genesis saturn xbox 360 playstation 4 and xbox that's a One. lot of systems that it should never have been on to begin with the GameCom especially <laughs> well just even like the newer ones like playstation 3 4 xbox like no and well, those are all let it those. die yeah they're like the remastered uh updated versions of yeah, that it yeah it should never have been done though. and then there's also i mean just the way like sort of people when they're learning how to program they're like i wonder if i can put program doom in here i wonder mm-hmm. if i can put doom in here and so it's probably kind of the same with duke Nukem. i think it kind of was at the same time this one had a very similar engine to uh doom but it's it's slightly different in that like it has all these interactive environments yeah i was surprised i actually thought this was by the same company as doom yeah um, because it looks so similar it looks very very it has that same yeah it's this weird thing where like the environment is 3d but the characters all look 2d and your gun sort of looks like it's sort of green screened on the front there kind of yeah yeah 
Um, so Duke Nukem 3D was released in April 1996, and uh, it used the same kind of shareware model as Doom, like where you would get the game for free, but then they eventually sold it in retail Which stores. Which is probably why it's been ported so many places. Yeah. Uh, the big selling point distinguishing this one from id's lineup of shooters was its uh, juvenile sense of humor and the interactive I, I like I, I like the the reality in which Doom does not have a juvenile sense of humor, even though I it's mean, based around a space marine blowing up demons. Yeah, yeah. It's, they're I like, mean, we got to out-juvenile this. They're very, uh, they're very. Doom is very straightforward That's about true. it. That's yeah, true. Yeah, it's, it's like it's there. There isn't really any kind of uh, little nods or winks or anything to anything. Uh, but yeah, Duke Nukem was like the naughty game. It was like South Park before South Park. It was like this the the big shocking thing that there's babes and they're hiding. Babes, and yes. You babes. Try and find them, but you can't go into the women's bathroom to find them. Thankfully, yeah, yeah. You were not able to open that door. Yeah, I mean, and so the interactive environments and the juvenile humor go hand in hand sometimes. Like, you can go into a bathroom and you can pee and flush a toilet and then you'll gain some health somehow. And then he says a hilarious catchphrase like, oh yeah, that's the stuff. Yep, yep, that's a, that's a We were one. rolling on the floor laughing. R-O-F-L, as you might say. No, the floor was too far away. Rolling on the laughing floor. This is the game where uh, Duke, uh, as we know it, really took shape. Uh, so the designers, George Broussard and Alan Bloom, they kind of beefed up the character design. His appearance is now a combination of Jean-Claude Van Damme, Dolph Lundgren, and uh, a football player named Brian Bosworth, a.k.a. the Boz. He was like the bad boy of the late 80s or something. I don't know. Well, you don't know sports, so you don't care. I don't care, no. But yeah. I think he's in a lot of like I'm bad Christian sure movies now. you say that name, 80% of people who know who you're talking about. I, th- I say Brian. Well, I'm not the listeners of this podcast. Well, I, feel like, I think you're judging your listeners. I, I feel think that's like rude. Our listeners are probably very sad that really, and if you probably put hours of this podcast together, I bet we spend almost equal time talking about sports as we do talking about video games. Wow, mainly, almost. I'd yeah. say it's mostly about how much you hate sports. I mean, a lot of them, yeah. But, but I mean, not Steve all. does his homework. I'm just I saying, I've own. learned a, I've learned a lot about sports during this podcast, and I've, I've learned it's I can... caught us by surprise, being as it was supposed to be a video game podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we yeah, we definitely focus more on the side stuff. But I don't know. I just go on tangents. Um, so like. Yeah, Duke was, uh, uh, he got a voice for the first time. He's voiced by John St. John, who's a, John. Uh, that's his name. John, the first, first name spelled Adult film J-O-N. star, John St. John. How is that not an adult film star name, right? Yeah, that's, that's exactly well, right. Look? I don't think he is, but he does have one of the most unpleasant Wikipedia photos I can remember. It's, uh, it's a photo of him. He's well into his 50s, and he is lasciviously licking a young woman's leg. He's got a little wrapped up on his shoulder. I think he is. I think he is a porn star. I mean, I don't know. All of his credits are like I'm video gonna games. I'm going to start going on to freaking Pornhub and start just typing his name and I've see never what heard happens. of that site. What until, that? until it comes up, uh, you just type I'm it in. I'm guessing you use YouPorn, don't you? I've never heard of that. What's porn? Oh, yeah. What is that? You're sad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, so yeah, that's that's gross to me. I don't know if that's him being gross or Wikipedia just having. Well, I mean, I don't think he uploaded his own picture. To I mean, his you page. don't know. You don't know that. You for can. Sure. So you can. <laughs> uh, either way, I mean, his his voice work is one of the more distinctive elements of Duke's personality, and he's been playing that ga- the character ever since. Uh, he, he's been the only one playing the character. Uh, aside from that, he's best known as Big the Cat from Sonic the uh, Sonic Adventure, who is uh, the worst part of Sonic Adventure, I think. Right? Those. Seven, and there, I mean, there's a lot of bad parts of Sonic Adventure. I feel so. like yeah, but the, I remember the Big the Cat parts being. the I always the get ones. Big the Cat confused with whatever dude you get in Final Fantasy VII. 
the oh. Chow the Cat or something. Oh, no, you're talking about, like, wait. Red 13? Yeah, Red... Am I talking about Red 13? Yeah. Well, The big mean... white cat. Oh, no, 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 no. Kate Sith. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... Oh, he's not the Mog. The Mog is the one He's riding else. a Mog, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, that's a, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Um, um, that was a hilarious bit about how I get Kate, Kate Sith, Sith and Big the Cat confused. That was, yeah, because they came from the, the big arcade thing up in the sky. I don't know what you're Cut all about. this put stuff out and post, Steve. <laughs> uh, so another defining feature of Duke is his trademark infringing one-liners. Uh, the developers were pretty shameless in ripping off lines from other movies. I think I would say especially Evil Dead, um, but also his signature line is, uh, I came here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, which of course comes from John Carpenter's They Live. But, I mean, you also hear lines from, like, the Terminator and, like, from... Predator. Predator. Yeah, we heard Predator a couple times. Like, it's just a constant stream of, like, references. Um, there's a... Uh, they have little movie references hidden throughout the game, too. Like, you can find uh, posters showing the Blues Brothers. Uh, in this version. In this version, yeah. But when I looked up, like, YouTube videos of someone playing the PC version, they were definitely more, like, naked ladies in porn. Right. Which you don't know about. Which I'm I don't sorry. know about. But I'm so sorry. Explain it to me later. I'm curious. Okay, I'll let you know. I'm yeah. not going to show you, though. There are some places in the game where you can even find, like, the corpses of famous movie heroes. So, like, you find Luke Skywalker, Snake Plissken, Indiana Jones, Doom Guy, and Terminator. You find all of them in the game dead uh, to indicate that doom is the biggest or that uh, duke is the biggest badass so like all shooters of this era the game courted some controversy particularly the game's admittedly disgusting attitudes towards women uh in this series babes are literally objects <laughs> that you need to find in each level they're like a collectible um so when you get one do they just disappear i think yeah. yeah they say like thank you duke and then they disappear yeah we didn't find any it's kind of, i think it's the same thing that happens just when you like real life children. <laughs> When you rescue children in Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. And then they run away. Um, so, yeah. Uh, they're usually all the this, women. I mean, in this, this is accurate. This, this is, is a, a real, this real, game. real game. Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. And you can you can find bubbles, the, the chimpanzee. And, and you can you. turn into a jet. You can turn into a jet. Yeah, absolutely. And you can make all the gangsters dance with you as like a big finishing move. That game It would great. be like a fun, that, campy that game if it didn't fun. have all the horrible associations Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, didn't that documentary or whatever just come out? I was listening yes. about heard. it on the radio today. I've heard that's really Corey upsetting. Corey Feldman was defending him because, you know, it's Corey Feldman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the fact that he didn't molest... Corey Feldman or Mike Macaulay Culkin doesn't necessarily mean he didn't molest other kids. I mean, a lot of people have not molested Corey Feldman. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. there are plenty of them. Yeah, and sadly, there are people who have. Anyway, let's not get into that. That's a sad life. That's a sad life that man's had. Anyway, um, so yeah, the the, all the women in this game are strippers or cheerleaders, uh, but they're all scantily clad, and. in later levels, you find, like, babes being mutated by alien pods, and you come up to them, and they, like, beg for death, and you can kill them, and then Duke makes a funny one-liner. So it's all real gross. Now, it, but admittedly, with all this stuff, that's not, there's not a lot of that in the N64 version. Like, for no. being this port of Duke Nukem 3D, where the personality is like, hey, we're gonna, you know, be gross towards women, and have all this sort of sexy humor, and be kind of titillating and edgy about it. This game doesn't really have that much of it. And, you know, I'm not saying that, like, that stuff is great, but I kind of would have preferred having it in here because I feel like a lot of identity is lost in this game, and it feels quite bland. I'm so torn on that, like, because, like, part of me agrees with you and part of me is just, like, they shouldn't have had that in the game to begin with because it's gross and stupid. But, like, also taking it out just makes, like, removes kind of what 
people like about Duke Nukem. I mean, I guess. It, well, it, what it's what makes Duke Nukem unique. Yeah, um, whether yeah, for good or bad, it's the only thing. Yeah. Really. Well, and I got angry at it either way, so adding the anti-feminist shit would have... I was, alre- gonna... I was already angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's... You're just angry at how bad the game is. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just like, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the N64 port keeps the main story and the gameplay more or less intact, but there were some heavy changes needed to make it fit on the hardware. I would say positive changes designs for all the weapons. Uh, some of the enemies are polygons instead of sprites, like some of the bigger enemies you fight later on. Uh, there are a couple new weapons, the Plasma Cannon and the Devastator, and there are secondary functions for all the existing weapons. So, like, you can get dum-dums on your pistol to make them explosive shots and make them much more powerful. Yeah, when you run around in the multiplayer of this game, you just get bombarded with different kinds of weapons. You pick up, like, ten different weapons before you see anyone, and yeah. it's very unclear sort of what any of them do. Yeah. And you'll pick up, like pipe bombs, but then, like, a pipe bomb launcher, and then a box of bombs, and you're like, which is which? And, uh, yeah, I mean... And scuba gear! Mm-hmm. There are a lot of weapons. There are a lot of... The one thing this game doesn't skip on is the weapons, but uh, some of the level designs in this version have been altered slightly, uh, and they removed the extra gross ability to kill babes begging for their life, so you can't do that in this game, which is good. Uh, some negative changes, I think, include the lack of in-game music. Uh, aside from the menu screen, there's no music to speak of, and that's just because they simply couldn't fit it on the game they had to choose between the voice samples and the music and the voice samples sound clean they do yeah they do and that's kind of what the series is known for more than the music so uh this version has also been heavily censored uh the red light district level has been renamed gun crazy and all the dancing strippers have been removed some dialogue has been re-recorded to tamp down the profanity like um die you son of a bitch has now been changed to you're the disease and i'm the cure uh he calls them alien scum instead of alien bastards uh and other phrases like eat so what's shit this and game die rated? are taken out completely. It's still an M-rated game yeah, it's, for all the gore. Yeah, silly. Um, the steroid power-up has been replaced with vitamin X. Uh, adult bookstores have been replaced with gun stores. So pretty much anything vaguely sexual has been replaced with something explicitly violent, violent. because or, our society's or broken. Or the burger shop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or a Duke burger. Yeah, if it's not a – if that was, that was added Because apparently too. you're such a hero that you have your own – Burger chain. Oh God, yeah. He's got it. He owns a casino. He owns. He's, he's the he, Wahlbergs. Yeah, he's he's the <laughs> Wahlbergs. He's got his own Wahlburger franchise. Oh my God. Uh, all right. So some of the weapons in this game include the pistol, shotgun, submachine gun, grenade launcher, pipe bomb, shrink ray, microwave expander, missile launcher, laser tri- trip beam, and the plasma cannon. So that's quite a lot. And you also have a jetpack you can use in certain sections. And if you're out of ammo, Duke has a kick. He's a big, just a big, call it the Mighty Duke Kick. Which is very awkward, um, you know, so in GoldenEye you have the slappers where you run around and you slap at people. Mm -hmm. In this you just see his one foot going out and kicking. But the thing that's odd is you can keep moving while you're kicking, which implies that Duke is kind of hopping around, like sliding along on one foot as he kicks (laughs) forward with the other one. Oh, that's true. I want to see what that, um, maybe we should have done that in the co-op. Like that would have been cool to see what that looks like while you're kicking. My guess is they didn't program that in and it just looks like you guys standing. It's too late. We're not doing it again. Speaking of which, this game has co-op. This game has co-op. Which is actually really cool. It works. Um, This is, I mean, we just played 40 Winks not too long ago, which Mm -hmm. is a game that came out this year. Um, I mean, based on very old code. But the co-op in that was basically unplayable due to the tremendously small screen size and just very hard to see what the hell was going on. This is probably the best co-op mode that we've seen yet. I can't I hate think... to agree with that, but uh, yeah, yeah, it, it there's no noticeable slowdown in the game speed nor graphical no. drop. 
and you get way more they you get way more weapons doing it that way. You can turn off friendly fire to minimize uh, uh, frustration. Yeah, speaking of fr- this <laughs> yeah. game was like brutally hard. We were playing on normal yeah. mode and we could bear we could passed about the first five enemies before we just got destroyed. Yeah, um, the controls are kind of questionable. It has a bad habit of. When, when you aim somewhere, it will recenter constantly. So you'll have enemies flying around at you, and you have to sort of hold the stick in one direction yeah. in order to stay focused on them. Lindsay... I hated it. Yeah. yeah. Lindsay's uh, having problems. I hated it because I'm used to my left hand moves people. Mm-hmm. My, my left finger, whatever you want to call it, sure. that moves people. It's a thumb. And the right hand aims. Let's call it Jonathan. <laughs> left Jonathan. We'll call left Jonathan. Yes. And right, Reggie. Yeah, so so the right hand... Reggie. Yeah. It, it's supposed to aim and shoot and all that stuff. And the left hand John moves people. Uh, I'm used to GoldenEye. Yeah. And I'm like, I will admit firsthand, I am terrible at GoldenEye. But I at least enjoy it. Sure. And I hated this. I even tried mm-hmm. to change it to left hand, and then they got mad at me. Well, this game has oh, another horrible aspect where you go into the controls to find to find something that works, and they all just have cutesy names. Yeah, they don't tell you, you think, what they are. You think you think like apocalypse and shit like that's cutesy? Yeah, I yeah. think it's much more cutesy than have you like met my kitten apocalypse. The kitten. I mean, it's trying to, it's like, put character into it when all you want to know is, like, what the actual control scheme does. Like, I don't need your, yeah. like, your naming scheme well, of, that, like, that nuke had... or atomic. But the thing is, they had Duke, Atomic, Nitro. Nuke. Yeah. It's like, what's the difference between Duke and Nuke? I'm confused now. There's one called Shaken and one called Stirred. Yeah. 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 But they like... don't, there's no diagram. There's nothing to indicate what is changing. You just have to turn it on. It's like, oh, wait, now I have to control it with just the D-pad and the control stick? That's terrible. And there's a lot of control. Uh, this game requires you, no matter what control scheme you're using, you have to use the pa- the D-pad as well. You're using the C buttons to move and the D-pad to pick weapons. So you're yeah. constantly having to move your hands back and forth. I Again, would say most of our time with both of these games was spent trying to configure the controls yeah this game really suffers from the n64 controller which we've agreed is generally a bad controller yeah, yeah it is we very bad in this game because it doesn't optimize to use the use the controller it no. feels like a port and they just like oh how many buttons can we stick and I, th- I think you're right i think it's that snap back thing that's like making it difficult because we were thinking about like turok and how we can start playing that and it's it feels pretty intuitive from the get-go yeah and this one doesn't, and we couldn't figure out quite why. And I think it's that. It's because it's constantly snapping you back, so aiming is kind of difficult. And um, and I think it, it suffers from having too many control options. Mm-hmm. Like, you can customize it too much. Yeah, there should really only be two. Clear. There should either be move with the stick or look with the stick. Yeah. And you should not have to use the pad at all. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. One one thing I did like about this game, um, especially compared to the most comparable game we've played to this so far is Doom 64. Yeah, I um, And that game was so dark. Yeah. It was so hard to see anything in that game. Um, and this game is a lot lighter, especially for the first few levels. You're just running around in a city block. Yeah. Um, so you're much less likely to get lost. Um, which I really which is definitely it. nice. Like, yeah, Doom, Doom was Doom sixty four is kind of broken in that sense. Like, I, I, I think probably objectively, Doom sixty four is a better game, but I, I'll never know because I can't see it. <laughs> so, 
Well, until you get to zero hour and it's dark and you can't crouch and you get stuck in oh, boxes. We will, we will get to zero hour. We will have some things to say yes. about zero hour. Um, so plot wise, uh, this game is not terribly interested in it. Uh, the story takes it's place after the events of Duke 30 Nukem second 2. Thirty second cutscene right at the beginning. Yeah, that's about all you get. It's uh, after the events of Duke Nukem Two. He's just coming back from flying into space and killing everybody, and then he returns to Earth. Uh, looking for some R&R, and his ship gets shot down, and then he just has to kill all the aliens. There's not even... I looked up the manual, and there's not even a plot description in the manual. Like, they just don't care about it. That's all we get. That's all we need to know. Um, and there's also a uh, four-player local multiplayer has been added to the mix here uh, with just a simple deathmatch mode. That's all they have, which is probably all you need. Yeah. And that runs pretty smoothly as well, um, but the level design is not intuitive. There's no. a lot of teleporters... The radar doesn't make sense, <laughs> and being as the controls of this game are so not good, um, it can make it really frustrating. Yeah, li- li- I don't think I've heard Lindsay yell that loud in a while. She was getting very upset at this yeah. game. It's not that hard it's, to it's make like, Lindsay upset. It's like, yeah. oh, shut up. <laughs> I have video game Tourette's, okay? <laughs> now, like, you, you fall into the water with a, a scuba set or gear that you find, uh-huh. and then you don't know how to get out of the water. And and then the teleporters, you just all you have to do is like walk over to one, and you're all of a sudden in a different area. Yeah. And you don't know how to jump to where, or how high you can jump, or where you can jump, or how to aim. And all I did was just try to run away, and hopefully, as I'm like strafing past somebody, shoot them. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I, I felt like I was the one of the three of us that had the best grasp on the controls and everything. And, and I was you kept terrible dying. at this. <laughs> I was terrible. I would stand at somebody and shoot at them for a good five minutes, and they would not die. I killed you with my kick. You killed you me had, with You had d- dual SMGs, and I ran I up and kicked you. I had more kills than you. Yes. And I don't know how the fuck it happened. And you were blindly shooting at nothing. Like, so, Which I don't like, know. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad game design. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to level the playing field a little bit. Like, like, oh, you're struggling. Here, let's make it easier. Or let's just make it really hard for the one person moving around easily. But, uh, no, I, I was terrible at this mode. This game, w- this game wins an award for most technically competent that was not very much fun to play. It was. Yeah, in yeah, terms it might. Of, it um, might. Looking, looking okay, um, running very smoothly and having good modes there's just... there's a lot to like here um and i, I do like all the little yeah. no there there well okay maybe a lot is overstating it but there there's are some a, things you can count the things, things to like, like on one hand sure yeah. yeah there there are some things but uh yeah like you said i think it's just been stripped of a lot of its personality and uh the the control problems are pretty dire um just the, just that it takes so long to just get it to a point where it's comfortable uh, and even then, it's not terribly comfortable. So, it's no. it's not great. And as cool, I don't know, as cool as the co-op mode is, and like as much of a selling point as that might be, um, the split screen. I I'm just gonna keep coming back. I don't know how we ever did it. Um, it's yeah, been, you. It, it's hard to go it's back. It's so hard to figure out where you are and what's going on in the game normally. Just because I always have this problem in first-person games. But when you only get half the screen, you just get so confused, and you're trying to figure out where the person that you're with playing with is and it's i don't know yeah it's, so it's not like a great co-op experience no no not terribly um let's move on to our next one uh yes that's right there is another duke nukem game that people are probably not aware of on the n64 it's called duke nukem zero hour it was released september 1st 1999 developed by eurocom and 3d realms and published by gt interactive and this one is a nintendo 64 exclusive what is zero hour steve 
Uh, you know what it means? Is it, is it like a code? It, like it, it has something like nuclear Def launch, Con? Does, Doesn't it usually mean like there's no time left? Like it's zero hour. There's no time left. It's yeah. I think it might have something to do with like the go, nuclear go, go. timetables or something like, like that. Like the but... button has been pressed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's no time left to react. Like you have to fix it now. There. Yeah. It's definitely not explained in the context of this game, but it is stylized, so it's spelled Z E R colon zero H colon zero U R. So I hate it. It's impossible to say. Um, so there, there are 15 games total in the Duke series, but only four of them are considered like main series games. The rest are all spin-offs or they're mobile ports that adopt the aesthetic and the attitude, but they change up the gameplay mechanics. And Zero Hour is one of those. So it's part of a series of third-person Duke games that kind of kept the brand alive while not really, not really capitalizing on what people liked about it, I would say. Um... So this game, the first in this little series Unless of what people liked about it was blocky graphics and, and very shitty controls. Dark corridors. They definitely and lots captured of guns. that. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have lots of guns. I'll give them yeah. that. So uh, the first in this little series of spinoffs was the PlayStation exclusive Duke Nukem A Time to Kill. And uh, and then after this, then this was the second one. And then after this, it would be followed by Duke Nukem and the Planet of the Babes and Duke Nukem Manhattan Project. Um so the, the plot description from the manual... Okay, I copied this straight from the manual. After single-handedly defeating the original alien invasion of the planet Earth, Duke Nukem was looking forward to a little R&R. But the alien scum are still determined to destroy humanity and have launched another attack, this time aimed at New York. As the, uh, arm, as the alien armies are driven back, the generals call for Duke Nukem to save the world again. But so the aliens have planned... Uh, but have the aliens have... Uh, <laughs> I words, words. auto correct fucked this up. It actually says as the Pelican's army are driven back. So auto which would have been a much notes. more interesting story. Okay, let's pretend there's a Pelican army yeah. that Duke Nukem. I like that a lot more. Uh, but so the aliens have planned uh, anything planned for an invasion, and Duke needs to find out. They don't actually make any mention of like the core feature of this game, which is time travel. Like yeah. that's the core plot element of this game. Right, they don't right at the start of this game, Victorian Duke. Yes, Victorian and Cowboy Duke. Duke. You are Duke Nukem, and you get a call. From Duke Nukem yep. in the past, and he's like, "Wow, is that me? Yes, I'm you." <laughs> yeah, it's very—it's a it's, very odd joke that doesn't land. They're like, oh, "What are you supposed to be, evil me? No, stupid, I'm you." And you're like, "What?" In the past, well, 1888, I, London. I, I think there's a reason they don't usually have Duke speaking more than like pithy one-liners, <laughs> and he—he's delivering a whole block of exposition here, and it's just like, "All right, yeah." yeah and so this the theory feels weird is hearing somehow you talk so long. these aliens have gone back in time, and then. Duke has gone back to fight them, mm. but and then he, has called himself to make sure that the future is well, safe. Well, because cause his time machine broke. Yeah. I caught that part. His time machine broke. He can't get home, but it has to be fixed because... And this is where it like starts to get into actual just normal sci-fi stuff. Like, oh, the timeline will be screwed up if you don't fix it. It's right. Like, well, let me just stay here. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. And, I, they really, really do not capitalize on this premise. I looked up the levels that are in this. Like... Uh, the first half of it takes place in present day. You go from New York to like a Antarctic lab to like a couple of dark hall corridors. Then you get to go to you get to go to the old west. You get to go to Victorian England, and then the rest of the game takes place in a mothership. Like so, just you a know what's a cool corridors. game, Steve? Hmm. Time Splitters Two. Yes, it is. And the reason is they do a really good job of actually taking advantage of this time travel premise. And when you go like to 
Wild West time, you get a bunch of six shooters and yeah. stuff. And so it really feels like it sort of has a different aesthetic each time. I think that's kind of what I was hoping for when I was doing research and I read the premise of this. I'm like, I, yeah, okay, let's do it. I'm, I'm down. Like, this is a time splitter-y kind of idea, and I really like it. Let's go for it. And they really do nothing with it, like next to nothing. So a couple of key differences on this one compared to Duke Nukem 3D is... This game is a third-person game. Mm-hmm. Um, it so. still has the same wonky controls of moving around with the C buttons and aiming with the stick. And mm. it's inverted. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. And, um, and it's still blocky. Mm-hmm. This game, I feel like, looks a lot worse. A lot worse, a lot worse. Because um, they're trying for full 3D like polygonal models for everything instead of using the sprite-based approach. Yeah, Duke's, Duke's animation, he just he looks super blocky and doesn't move naturally. Yeah. Um, yeah, and everything is just so dark. It's just, this is such a recurring problem yeah. on these games, is you'll fall into corridors, and you just have no idea where you are. Um, and it explosions really, are going all over. Again, this was another one we had to fiddle with the control so much to make it playable, and even then it wasn't very playable. We we got to a point in it, we had to go down an elevator shaft, and then the game was telling us to shoot through the vent and then crouch to get through. It says crouch and fire. So fire and crouch. We're trying every button. Nothing's working. I, I look up the manual online to look up all the different controls, because again, it's the cutesy uh, uh, naming conventions of like, oh, this control scheme's called Duke, this one's called Nitro, and it's not telling you what these mean. Uh, so and Woody went to the bathroom. Woody went to the bathroom. And by the that's time the he got part. back. Yeah, that's... yeah, no, by the time... For those he, of you following he, he the narrative said, at home. He's like, by the time I get back, I expect you guys will have figured this out. He's a stern no. taskmaster. <laughs> no, 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 we didn't. No, and, and like, we, we looked up the manual and there's nothing in the controls anywhere about a crouch button. So we're like stymied. And then Woody's playing around with it and I guess it's like a context sensitive Yeah, thing you have to... The basically button. the B button, the same thing you use to like activate a key card door will make you crouch if you're standing in front of this vent but we, again there's no reason to think you would think standing, that there would be a crouch yeah. button we were standing in front of the vent just saying yeah yeah we were but we weren't standing close maybe enough it, or something maybe it only like, open it only lets you crouch if you have an empty bladder maybe uh, <laughs> yes. then it definitely doesn't work for me definitely doesn't work <laughs> uh the weapons this time around the long list here they include a, a pulse gun a 45 revolver a shotgun a sawed off shotgun a lever action 30 30 rifle a submachine gun a gatling gun a grenade launcher cyanide launcher pipe bomb dynamite grenade freeze thrower gamma cannon volt cannon multi-launcher sniper rifle bmf thunderstrike and proximity bomb <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, say what say what you you will, say what you will about this game. They have a lot of weapons. But the problem too with the third person view is you don't get like a good view of like the differences between these weapons because you're always looking at Duke from the back. Yeah, you sort of all you see is sort of the spread of the weapons. Yeah, you don't even see the weapon you're holding. Well, then okay, that's in that's in. So now this game. Yeah. Oh yeah. So single player mode in this game, it's it's rough. It looks a lot like. it kind of plays, it reminds me of a very early PS1 type of feel. It reminds me of Siphon Filter a lot, mm-hmm. um, just in the way it controls and looks. Um, I feel like Siphon Filter has to be better than this. Right? Yeah, I Siphon Filter is much better than this. I haven't played this. it, but um, yeah, it has to be better. Siphon Filter has, like, the best thing about Siphon Filter is they had this long-distance taser mm. that you could use, and it would kind of home in on guys, and you could just hold it on them for as long as you wanted, and they would just stand there and get shocked. And if you held it on them for long enough, they would catch on fire. Nice. <laughs> Which was highly entertaining. That sounds really fun, actually. Um, yeah, and so this game, I don't know, there's sort of a lot of gameplay here. There's, uh, It says objectives, whereas uh, Duke Nukem 3D was just kind of like, 
beat the level and shoot everyone. This yeah. has objectives of like go get this thing or like I don't know how much they actually play into those objectives. Um, but there's also like special items like you get a gas mask mm. and people throw gas at you and you need to enable your gas mask. Oh yeah, so you, get a, you can get a jetpack and get scuba gear. You can get a health yeah. Kit so there's definitely like gameplay here. It just the fact that it looks like garbage and controls like garbage um, doesn't do it any favors. It does. I will say I do think it has more personality than Duke Nukem 3D or Duke, Duke Nukem N64 because there's a lot more voice samples. Mm. Um, there's other characters and humans running around, so yeah. it feels a little more lived in, and it has music. The um, the music helps a little bit, yeah, but uh, it still did feel very bland, and we're still not really getting like there was nothing funny happening, no. or like nothing that I think was even trying to, or be like funny. over the top, or it was yeah, just... it was a pretty straightforward like action platformer with bad controls. Uh, I think the environment was more bland too because yeah. like mm. in the first one that we were talking about, you get the posters, you get like the actual Duke Burger places, whereas this true. really just felt like you're just in dark. a parking garage. Yeah, you're, you it's know. dark. You fall down things. You blast things. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty tedious. Um, we there is a there's a multiplayer mode um, that we we tried out, and again there's uh, you get your du- your death match, which they just call Duke match in these games. I don't know if I got into that. Hilarious Duke match. Um, there's, there's last no, man standing. There's no a, co-op in this game. No I co-op. imagine that the co-op would chug oh really God. badly. Yeah, that but, would be. I, I I mean I don't I don't want to cast judgments on things that don't exist, but I feel like the co-op of this would be terrible. Um, yeah, so we, we have a Duke match, Last Man Standing, King of the Hill, and then Team Duke match. And all of them were a little confusing, because it's like you get a kill, and then it moves you to a new level. Yeah, for King of the Hill, we never found we never a hill. Out You'd get we one doing. kill and be like, okay, moving to the next level. Because well, I, I assumed King of the Hill would be close to like some kind of capture the flag type thing. Yeah. yeah. And it definitely was like someone died, and we got points, and we got moved to a next level, and then someone would die... <laughs> But the points didn't carry over. Did you it was ever like, It was that? like, whose yeah, line yeah, is it anyway? It was more yeah. like he had just started all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it was really bizarre. And so you're, when you're playing multiplayer, it's not third person anymore, which is probably a blessing. Yeah, it switches um, to first person. It switches to first person, but it was really distracting to me that you don't have a gun on screen. You have a reticle. But you don't have a gun, and I don't know why that bothered me so much. I think I just needed that perspective. Well, it makes it so weird, too, when you sort of switch your weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, you There's no indication that your weapon is switched, aside from the little icon in the upper right changing. And, and so when you when you just, shoot, there's like no... I, I wasn't clear if I was shooting, because there's no muzzle flash, there's no, no like, It's guns. just very like, unsatisfying mm-hmm. to, to like have just be shooting at it. It's like playing... Um, it's like playing a light gun game um, for the Super Nintendo. Like, there's these Super Scope games. Sometimes they would port, like, old arcade games. Um, like, the, there was a Terminator 2 video game. Yeah. Where it was, like, um, when you played in the arcade, you had this big, like, uh, nailed-on gun to the arcade machine, and you would grab it and turn it all around yeah. and sort of just spray fire. But they ported this to a bunch of systems. Mm. Um, but since they didn't have a light gun for the systems, you would just move your cursor around and hold the A button to just, like, lay on fire. There was also an Aerosmith game that was like this. Oh, Revolution X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I played that. And those those are so boring because all you're doing is just moving your cursor. There's no sense of, like, aiming and having to pull the trigger. And this game, I mean, this kind of has that, too. It's yeah. not satisfying without really being able not. to see the gun. It's really not. I will give them props for having some pretty cool uh, map Arenas, designs. Like, yeah. the arena, there's one called Mind Funk that we were playing, and it's kind of like 
Alice in Wonderland trippy. It's nice and bright and colorful, and, like, the walls are constantly moving, and, like, you walk into mirrors to teleport places. It was pretty cool. It was a cool design. Until you get stuck. In the yeah, horrible you, dark room yeah. of Lindsay's nightmares. <laughs> no, it Lindsay was. kept getting stuck in dark rooms and yelling at us, like, how do I get out of here? And we're like, no, we don't know. It was like you you open, like, <laughs> most of them were, like, open rooms. Like, they didn't have doors. But every once in a while in a room, you'd find a door that, like, led to a little, like, cavity or, like, a closet where you could get armor or something. But then the door would close behind you, and it was dark. And you just would, like, try to turn around and press B at the same time to open the door. And they even tried to open it from the outside once, and they couldn't. And I'm just, like, sitting, like, how the fuck do I get out? I can't Somehow get out. Somehow you were the only person who managed to get stuck in the Yeah, rooms. Yeah, you are the only one. I don't know. I don't know what was I'm happening. I'm probably the only <clears throat> one that was trying to actually go into the dark spaces. Yeah, possibly. Just, we were afraid scared. of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we admit it. Um, and I yeah. almost won still. You almost won, yeah. And I, I was, again, doing very poorly at this game. Excuse me. <coughs> you kept trying to freeze people, <coughs> and freezing didn't do anything. Yeah, the freeze thrower is really lame. Like, you stand there and, like, spray them with, like, Freon for 15 minutes and nothing's happening. Like, I was able to freeze one person once, but... Yeah, for the variety of and weapons... I shot them. Yeah. <laughs> for the variety of weapons in this game, like, the fact that you can't see them in the multiplayer mode and you're just looking behind Duke's head in the single player is a real... A real bummer. You're that essentially bummer. losing your whole strength of the game. Yeah, I, I like the goofy gun designs of games like this. Yeah, and, and, we're, and you, you'll, when you finally get to Turok Rage Wars sometime, you will see those goofy gun designs. I'm excited. Action, yeah. I'm excited. I, I, I want to see some goofy guns. Uh, let's move on from this game. Uh, let's let's. I want to close out with, by talking a little bit about the saga of Duke Nukem Forever. Uh, spin, sit down, it, children. Steve yeah. will spin you a yarn of old Duke Nukem. Gather up, kids. Uh, so. Duke Duke Forever kind of went from a hugely hyped sequel to vaporware to an industry joke to an actual game to a critical and commercial disaster. So when would, when would Duke Nukem Forever have come out after this? It, would it have been the sequel to Duke Nukem it was, 3D? Okay, so it was supposed to be the, the direct sequel to Duke Nukem 3D. Uh, 3D Realms announced... Four. Forever. Forever. You got it. You got it. 3D Realms announced Duke Nukem Forever in 1997, uh, shortly after the release of Duke Nukem 64, and uh, they had a rough release date of 1998. So that date came and went, and no game materialized, and then 1999 came and went, no game came out, uh, people asked about them, and they just said they, they were working on getting it to their standards. Uh, the high, high standards. The high standards <laughs> set by that. Uh, so in 2000, uh, the rights to the series were bought by Take-Two Interactive, who promised the game would be released in 2001, now using the Unreal Engine. Um, and then the management of 3D Realms feuded very publicly with Take-Two, uh, uh, but since they had they were under contract and 3D Realms was funding the game themselves and they were still flush with cash because Duke Nukem 3D was a big hit... Uh, they didn't really need to play nice or say anything nice to take to. And they just kept dragging out the process and dragging out the process. Um, and uh, eventually they just ran out of money. Uh, it took too long. Uh, and the company sunk all its resources into the project. And by 2009, which is 12 years after they first announced the game, uh, they, they ran out of money and they announced they were canceling it. Well, and by 2009, how many systems had come and gone? Oh, God, that's like two that generations. Been three, yeah. So, yeah. Like, so yeah. Like, how, like, yeah, you can't. Keep changing the game to yeah. try and like, oh, I gotta put on this system now. Oh no, I gotta put it on exactly. This one. Yeah, you have to restart every every yeah. couple of years. Um, so Take Two uh, severed their relationship with 3D Realms with a lawsuit because the project never materialized, and uh, the, it seemed like it was dead. And then Duke Nukem Forever kind of became an inside joke for like 
hyped up titles that never appear so half-life 3 is probably that right now um and then in a surprise move 2k and gearbox acquired the rights to the game and they set a hard release date for june 14th 2011 on windows xbox 360 and ps3 gears of war right no gearbox is uh uh, borderlands Borderlands. so you would think like these are in i can't think of a better company to put together duke nukem absolutely yeah because borderlands is great it's funny It's it's satisfying and so you'd think that they Put this together. That's a game we should have talked about more when we were talking about humor in games. Borderlands is a very Borderlands funny game. Video great. games have gotten yeah. better at yeah. humor sig- oh, significantly. Um, but it's very, it was very rare to find funny games around this time. So yeah. like I'm saying, the standards are pretty low. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, yeah, June 14th, 2011, the game, 14 zero, years. Zero hour. 14 years after <laughs> it was originally announced. It set a Guinness World Record for the longest development cycle for a game that's still held. Uh, yeah, it took 14 years for it to come out. And it landed with a wet fart. It was. It got terrible reviews. Uh, it sold only about half of what it was projected. Apparently, Gearbox still turned a profit, but I would well, challenge I'm, anybody to go to a used game store and count how many copies of Duke Nukem Forever you can find on the shelves because it was like everybody was returning it. And they were marking them down like almost immediately because people were returning it so frequently. You mean like Fallout seventy six? Kind of like Fallout seventy six, oh, yeah. God. Uh, yeah, I think just the combination, like the hype built up after fourteen years of expectations, and the game had terrible graphics. It had outdated gameplay. It had excessively gross humor, and uh, it might personally be one of the worst games I've ever played in my life. Like I picked it up on uh, PlayStation Store for a dollar. It was literally <laughs> it was a flash sale for a dollar. So I'm like, all right, uh, th- how bad can this be? And I played it for uh, a couple levels and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, fuck this game. Like, oh my God. This is where I'm kind of getting all that perception of like, like Duke the is... The grossness of Duke. Well, and Duke is exactly as cool as he thinks he is in his mind. Like the game opens with you getting fellatio from a couple of barely legal like twins in in your first person perspective. Those yeah. twins later you will uh, will be captured by aliens. You find them on the alien mothership. They're they're covered in goo except their tits are out still of and uh you can co- and you have to go up and shoot them in the face and then he makes a joke about it. It's all so fucking Oh, because gross. he huh. shot him in the face. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's a it's a whole I can show you some porn that has that. What is this that you keep talking about? I've never I heard just... this word. You know, education I'm, man. I'm hearing it like 30 times today, and then I've never heard it before. Isn't that weird how that happens? Yeah, I know. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, Duke Nukem Forever, worst game I think I've ever played. Really miserable there, experience. There and must be a null. There must be a book here somewhere. There must be someone who worked on Duke Nukem, who worked at 3D Realms, like when they announced the game. Yeah, and was part of the company this whole time, and kept having being told like, "Okay, you guys will revamp the engine. You know, get it, yeah. get it to work." Um, and, like, this was just his life, and he kept coming home, and his wife's like, hey, how'd it go at work? He's like, oh, they made me revamp the engine again. <laughs> and he's, like, going to therapy. He's like, I just want to get the game done. Yeah. And then, like, it finally, he's like, I'm sticking with it to the end. I'm going to see it through. And then the game finally gets released, and he's like, this is what I devoted my life to. But he should write a memoir. So if you're that guy who spent your life devoted to making Duke Nukem Forever, write a memoir. I guarantee Steve would read it. I want to read it. I'm yeah. very curious. Um, I'll report back if you read that. If you write that. I, I want to hear uh, so developers have been threatening us with a Duke Nukem movie for uh, <laughs> pretty much as long as it's happened, and uh, there are apparently enough, there are enough movies that are out there that are similar. Yeah. Let's let's not. Apparently, it's happening. Apparently, uh, as the most recent report I read was in December of last year, and uh, John Cena is attached to star no. with uh, Michael Bay's Platinum Dunes producing. I mean, that's no. the right casting. It's the right that's cast. The right production. And, and here's here's the thing. Like, but I, I love. 
like John Cena. I like John Cena too, and I feel like he would be able to bring the right amount of like 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 I was talking about before. Like he's only a legend in his own mind. Like I think he could bring that swagger and make as it funny. As long as they play off of that and not all the like super toxic masculinity. I just that's the thing. Yeah, I just I, don't know why this needs they to need, exist. They just like, need, they need to lean completely into the like ridiculousness and only that. Like I, Johnny Bravo style, just go. I think the reason it does exist is because of Deadpool. I think oh, I think they want to make another like you. kind of meta narrative R rated superhero movie, basically. That's, and I'm sure the license for Duke Nukem is super cheap. Like, oh, I'm sure it's pretty cheap. Probably and... it exists, I guess, the same reason that Rampage exists. They're yeah, like, they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We have we, we have, have a lughead guy. We want to put him in a movie with monsters. Like, let's just put the Rampage yeah, name on it. Why not? You know, yeah. and and I I don't know. I, this is a combination. The combination of uh, Duke Nukem and Michael Bay is enough to make me want to stay away already. But I do see a, a potential where this could be kind of a fun thing. Like, I, I could see potential where it would be fun if they handle it right. They have to lean completely into it, though. Yeah, they have to lean all the way into it. But right, as of right now, there's no script. There's no director. But it is apparently still happening. Um, so, yeah, that's that's it for Duke Nukem. Let's move on to our rankings because uh, we have to put these shitty games on a list somewhere. Uh, so for each game that we play, we add it to our ongoing list of, uh, of games in the system that we play. We're up to 120 right now. Uh, so this brings us to 122. Um, Lindsay, let's start off with you. Lindsay's current top game is Yoshi's Story, um, and her current bottom game is Rugrats Scavenger Hunt. I have seven, like one, two, now you have three. Seven, I, yeah. have, I have six. Now I have oh, eight. Oh, now you have eight. Lies. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Cut, cut this out of the podcast, God too. Damn Steve. It. Steve can't count. And I doesn't know what point. I know, I know. <laughs> okay. No, I have it in front of me. That's the only way I can count it. All right, Lindsay, okay. let's move it along here. Oh, come on. Um, it's at the bottom. They're both at the bottom. <laughs> there we go. There it is. <laughs> Yay, I'm done. Okay. And below, Which one is better? Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, honestly, I hated them both. Yeah. And and all I could think of the entire time was, like I mentioned earlier, like, I'm not good at GoldenEye, mm. but goddammit, GoldenEye was so much better. Um, and the arena is definitely like you could feel like they tried to make some of the maps feel like a lot of GoldenEye, like the the, the basement style, the the way the doors moved, like that made sense to me. But I still hated them. Yeah. And Rugrats, at least at least you have worked, nostalgia. They have the nostalgia, and they just flowed better as games, even though they were slow as hell. At least they had more of a plot. Yeah. yeah. They had more of a plot than Duke Nukem. Yeah. yeah. Baby, what, what was the plot to Rugrats Scavenger Hunt? Babies collecting things. It was babies Gram- having Gram- some Gram- kind of delusion. Yeah, <laughs> delusional yeah. babies. Yeah, Grandma more... was asleep and they got sucked into board games. That's yeah. right. That's okay. way more fun. It's way more plot than Duke Nukem. <laughs> uh, for myself, I'm going to put, um, again, I'm going to qualify this very heavily, but uh, Duke Nukem 64 will be slipping into the coveted 64 spot, uh, just above Doom 64. And I would say, I would want to clarify in every other system and every other context, I prefer Doom. Uh, but I think the fact that you can see stuff in this one, and I, I liked the interactive environments and uh, a couple of the little weapon designs. So I put I, this gets the slight edge, and the co op gives it a slight edge over that too, just because the co op worked really well, which was a surprise. Uh, zero hour, I really did not like. Um, that that was a pretty abysmal experience all the way around. It was frustrating. It was ugly. It was boring. That is going uh, just below Vigilante Eight Second Offense. Uh, that's a number new Very number one hundred and eighteen. Holy smokes! It's down low. I did yeah. not like Zero Hour at all. 
Um, there's there's almost nothing redeemable about it except for that one level design that I liked. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's I, – I really had trouble deciding on these, and maybe it's just because – I was in a bad mood today. We played these games for what felt like a very long time. We went slightly over um, Just because there's sort of a lot of content here. Um, and so I just couldn't quite get a grip on whether or not they were fun. Um, but actually, Duke uh, 64 I'm putting in number 88, okay. which is right above Doom. So okay. it's really the exact same place you put it. I just, just You just liked that game less than I did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I would just echo everything you said. Um, yeah. It, the fact that you can actually see what's going on in this game goes a long way. Yeah. Um, and it's a low bar. But yeah, yeah. It, it, exactly. Um, but it, it did seem frustrating. I don't know. I could see almost going back to this when I'm, you know, more in the mood for something uh, to put in the effort um, yeah. and kind of enjoying it. Um, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. Probably I agree. Not. Zero Hour is much worse. Um, I would usually prefer a third-person game because I find it sort of easier to navigate. Um but yeah, game is game is ugly and bad and not fun. Um, and I'm putting so I'm putting it at number 103. Okay, all right. Um, which I is right above uh, Rugrats in Paris. Oh, there which we was go. The bad Rugrats game we played, but the less bad. The Rugrats less bad game. Rugrats game of the two Rugrats game we played. Well, that wraps it up for our Duke Nukem episode. God, I'm so happy I don't have to talk about Duke Nukem. Yeah, I feel ever like we didn't like. Bring the energy and like the camp that Duke Nukem requires. But. You know, but I don't want to sink to his level. Yeah. I don't know. Duke's a douchebag. I don't really want anything to do with him. Uh, so thank you so much, Lindsay. Uh, speaking of douchebags, for being here. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, no, I love you. I love you, Lindsay. No. Thank you for being here. No, you don't. Lies. I do. Thank you for being <laughs> here. Segways are a podcaster's bread and butter. It's it's true. I make my living off of this. Yeah. How am I, I supposed don't. to respond to that right at the end? I would be like, you're a jerk. Just this- save it for the next time you're well, on an episode and just start. Mm. Like, you are the jerk. special guest that we are the meanest to. I am going to So true. you can take pleasure in that. I'm gonna, it's, you it's, or Nicole, yeah. It's because you guys love me so much. Exactly. It's the exactly. only explanation. I'm going to start taking notes, and I'm going to, like, I'm not good at coming up with shit on the spot. <laughs> so I'm going to just, like, write a whole bunch of things down, and the next time I'm on the podcast, yep. I'm just going to interject at random points, be like, hey, remember this? Next time we <laughs> say or do something stupid. Yes, yes. Just keep, keep a note of oh, that. Oh, that's yeah. going to be a really long piece of paper. Uh, so for next... Or list or whatever. Long something, but not... <laughs> Not what you think. <laughs> uh, for next week's episode, uh, we have the our, it's our seventy fifth episode, so it's the result of our uh, listeners' poll, which we don't know yet as of when we're recording this. Ooh. So, uh, it, yeah, like a it's a quarter quell in the fucking Hunger Games. Exactly like Woo! that. Pick something better than Duke Nukem. <laughs> Is the fucking Hunger Games one of those porns you talked about? Yeah. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, sounds better than the original. Um, yeah, so uh, we don't know what that episode's going to be, but look in our show notes, and uh, if I would tell you to vote for it, but if you're listening to this, it's already too late to vote for it. So uh, thank you for voting. We appreciate it. Happy Mardi Gras. Happy Mardi Gras. And uh, is it pronounced Mardi Gras like Marty McFly? I think it is. However you want to, That's Steve. That's how I want to say it. It doesn't matter. All right. I'll well, still shame you. We came here to podcast and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of podcasts, so let's get out of here. Also, the parody is called The Hunger Bangs. Oh, that's way better. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. Ruby. Come get some.
man walk who loves the chicks and knows the score. You got that right. Hail to the king, baby. 